got to replace the brakes. Every few years we replace politicians. Sometimes people feel like their relationship is bad and they'll replace their spouse. Lots of things that are replaced uh, in the world that we live in. And, and, and in 2007, I feel like God has directed me to speak to us today that there's something that He wants to replace. He wants us to replace in 2007. And uh, what I think He wants us to replace in our life is this word religion. This word religion. And, and, and I want to focus today for just a few moments on replacing this one thing in 2007. This uh, one thing that's in all of our lives, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that needs to be replaced. There's something better to replace it with. And, and uh, I think it's time for us to replace religion in 2007. This morning, in the next few moments, I want to explain to you why I feel like we need to replace religion in our lives and also, if you're going to replace it, you've got, some, got to have something to replace it with. I want to talk to you about what you can replace religion with in your life. I know that you know me well enough to understand that I don't have to qualify when I say religion needs to be replaced. Uh, but I do qualify that um, we understand the importance of doctrinal teaching we understand the importance of attending church. The Word of God makes it clear that these things are important. With that being said, I want to explain to you why we need to replace religion in 2007. Now, the word religion seems like a principally a good word. And uh, all individuals that you meet, most of them anyway, will have one religion or another that they ascribe to. The word in Scripture that comes out as religion is the Greek word uh, theskaia, which means a ceremonial observance. When the Bible talks about the word religion, whether it's referring to Old Testament religion or even a person's religion in the New Testament, the blood of Jesus, the word religion means principally a ceremonial observance. And the dictionary defines religion as an exercise or practice of rites or observances, implying a belief in, a reverence for, and a desire to please a divine ruling power. And uh, most people uh, have some connection to some religion. Most people feel very strongly that are connected to religions about the religion to which they are connected there are a variety of religions in the world. The number one largest religion is Christianity with 2.1 billion adherents. Behind that is Islam with 1.3 billion adherents. And then behind that are the agnostic or the atheist or secular individual. There's 1.1 billion that believe in no God. Hinduism is fourth place with 900 million uh, believers. And then uh, the fifth is Chinese traditional religions, of which there are a variety, but 394 million people. Number six is Buddhism with 376 million, and on and on and on. And then even within Christendom, Christianity, 2.1 billion people, it's divided up into various practices or observances or 
belief systems or religions or denominations, if you would. The largest denomination being Roman Catholicism with 1.5 billion worldwide. Second largest is the Eastern Orthodox Christianity, which is just like Catholicism, and that's 240 billion or million. I'm sorry. Then African sects of religion, 110 million, and Pentecostalism is 105 million worldwide. Presbyterian, 75 million. Anglican or Episcopal, 73 million. Baptist, 70 million. Methodist, 70 million. Lutheran, 64 million. Jehovah's Witness, 14.8 million. Latter-day Saints or Mormons, 12.5 million. And so there are various distinct practices and various distinct uh, and different ceremonial observances or Rites or observances that imply the belief in or the reverence for and the desire to please a divine ruling power. And so with all that being said, you may ask the question, why would we want to replace religion from our lives in 2007? Religion sounds like a good thing. It sounds like a positive thing. Uh, Exercises, practices, observances that uh, imply I believe in or have reverence for or desire to please a divine being. And in our lives, we all, most of us, uh, have a compartment that's set aside for connecting or somehow observing our belief in a higher power. And even though religion sounds like a good thing, I want to uncover today some weaknesses in in religion that make it inferior to the thing that I want to present to you as a replacement today for religion in 2007. I want you to get rid of religion, and I want you to replace it with something better. And... uh, There's a book that I read some time ago about business practices. This book was written by a man named Jim Collins. It's entitled Good to Great. And it is a study of certain businesses in the United States that based on their performance and in the stock market and their performance in income and gross income and net income, they went and took a major step in the process of their development from being a good company based on their income and based on their productivity. And then they took a step or a leap or a jump uh, to becoming a great company based on income and based on certain criteria that were set apart by the research team led by Jim Collins. Uh, And as he starts out this book to highlight certain companies among the hundreds, myriad of companies that are good companies that, 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 uh, uh, that produce a profit annually, and says there are some, a very few minority of companies that are in the uh, uh, are in the category of being great companies, companies that are so committed to excellence and the bottom line that they have stepped out from the pack and they have become distinguished as great companies. And he starts out by saying this profound statement: He says, "Good is the enemy to great." Good is the enemy of greatness. Not that good is bad, but that good can become the enemy of greatness. He says, uh, in essence, we don't have great schools because for the main reason we don't have great schools is that we have good schools. The main reason people don't have great marriages is because it's okay to have a good marriage. And the main reason why most people don't do great in school is because they do 
good in school. And principally being uh, adequate and being good becomes an enemy to excellence and an enemy to greatness. And I use this illustration to make this point. And that is that religion is not bad. But religion can become an enemy to this greater thing that I believe should replace religion in your life. And what I have come to present to you today, the idea of what you need to replace religion with in your life, and I'll explain it so you understand, is you need to replace religion with relationships. Relationships are more important than religion. And of course, the principal important relationship of which I speak is your relationship with God. Let me state it again. Religion is not bad, but religion can become an enemy to your relationship with God. And you may sit there and think, how can religion which is about observing and doing rites and ceremonies to present or imply my commitment to a divine power. How could that ever be an enemy of my relationship with God? In uh, John chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was a very religious man, followed all the rites and the observances to imply his commitment to Jehovah God. Verse 2, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. I want you to notice that this religious man, highly esteemed in the community of religious scholars, had to come to Jesus by night. The point being, if religion were not an enemy of a relationship with God, then Nicodemus could have come at any time that he wanted to, but he had to sneak out in the dark so that he could connect with the Lord Jesus Christ because religion, rites, observances, and a commitment to a particular sect stood in the way of him establishing a relationship with Jesus Christ. And sometimes religion, even though it seems like a good thing, can stand in the way of your relationship with Jesus. And the reason is religion is a cheap substitute that stands in the place that fills the gap that should be filled with a relationship with God. Ceremonial observations and systems of practicing religion produce people who have no relationship with God, but they feel okay about it because they are connected to a particular belief system or to a sect. I remember when I was a young man, we were commissioned by our pastor to go out into the neighborhood and go door to door and welcoming people to visit our church, but more importantly than that, offering them prayers from our church. And I remember as I went up to a number of doors and uh, knocked on the door and the person would come to the door and I said, uh, hello, my name is Richard Brown. I am from the Lighthouse United Pentecostal Church, right around the corner. You're our neighbor, and we want you to know that we care for you, and we love you. And if there's anything that you need for our church to pray about, uh, then uh, we would love to uh, take it down and have special prayer for your house. And if you don't mind, we'll have prayer for your home right now. And uh, that was my little speech that I did, house to house, had a person with me. And uh, I remember several times that I went to the door, and I didn't even get three or four words into my little spiel until the person would say, uh, let me help you here. Let me just stop you here. I am a Baptist, or I am a 
Methodist, or I'm a Presbyterian, or I'm Catholic. In other words, just go ahead and shut off the spiel. I'm already associated with a religion. I've got a connection with an observation and a right of religious pursuit of God. And that's always been a curious thing to me. Well, I'm Pentecostal. Well, I'm Baptist. Uh, I'm Methodist. I'm Presbyterian. I'm Buddhist. Uh, what does all that mean? I am a Presbyterian. I am a Baptist. I'm associated with this particular religion or this particular practice or this particular uh, set of beliefs. And you look at somebody and they say, no, I don't need to listen to you. I, I don't need to hear what you have to say because I am a Methodist or I'm a Baptist, even though there's no fruit uh, in their life of anything that's been happening and no evidence of any joy or no evidence of any work of the Spirit being in their life. See, what has happened is God wants to reach out to people, but religion becomes a stumbling block. It becomes a blockade. It becomes a stop to what the Lord wants to do in their life. And I want to tell you today that religion is a cheap substitute for a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to emphasize to you today from the teaching this morning and the ministry of the Word today that the most important thing that you can do in 2007 is to develop a relationship, to hang out with Jesus Christ, to learn to be in love with Him, to learn to talk to Him and fellowship with Him, because religion is a cheap substitute. It's maybe a comfortable place to be, a place where you feel justified in your position, a place where you feel okay about who you are and uh, who cares what's on the inside. I practice Christianity. I'm a member of this church. It really doesn't matter all that much about uh, my attitude or it really doesn't matter all that much about the things that I do and whether or not I feel close to God or not. Uh, I'm okay. I'm in my little section. I'm in my little area. I'm in my little comfort zone. I'm a religious person. I am a Christian and uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 25 gives us an interesting story about the distinction between religion and relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a little video clip that I want you to look at, a little interview that a man did on the street that kind of highlights in our society how people have allowed religion or their concept of religion to keep them from connecting with Jesus Christ. I want you to uh, uh, notice as this guy interviews these various people, says, do you have a relationship with this famous person? They're like, no, I don't have a relationship with him. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? No, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And hopefully here in a moment you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. How familiar are you with uh, Susan Sarandon? I'm not. <laughs> Do you know who she is? She's an actress. Yeah. You don't know her personally? No. How familiar are you with Jesus Christ? Not. Why not? Because he's dead. He's dead? Yeah. Patrick Swayze? Not personally, but yeah, I know he's an actor. Oh, but you don't know him personally? No. Can, oh, can you tell me why not? Well, I don't know him personally. Yeah. Jeez, I just haven't had that introduction, I'm afraid. You've never spent any time with him? No. Do you know who uh, 
Uh, Jesus Christ is? Yeah, that superstar guy. Jesus Christ Superstar? <laughs> yeah. Do you know him personally? No, I don't know him personally. Why not? Just haven't had that instruction either, I'm afraid to say. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Uh, heard the name. I've you know about him somewhere. I saw TV. Yeah, no, no, I'm not in the position. But uh, of course, you know, I know who the the figure. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Uh, hard to do, given that he's kind of been gone for a long time. How familiar are you with uh, Jim Carrey? Uh, not very familiar. What do you mean? You don't know him? Oh yeah, I've seen a couple of his movies. But you don't know who he is? Oh yeah, he's an actor. Do you know him personally? No. Why not? <laughs> never had a chance to meet him. You've never met him? You've never spent any time with him? No. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Uh, yeah. And who is he? Uh, the Son of God. Oh, how do you know that? That's what they say. Do you believe it? Sure. I want to know if you knew who uh, Michael Jordan is. Yes, I know who Michael Jordan is. you know him personally? No, I don't. Why not? It's a good question. You know, I uh, follow basketball remotely and... Never invited me over to his house. I don't know why. He's never given you a call, never given you the invitation? Cell phone number, home phone number, office number, no, nothing. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Uh, yes, I've heard of him. He hasn't called me either. Do you know him personally? I do not. I do not. What, why don't you know him personally? Well, similar situation. Uh, the numbers are there, but uh, the phone has not rung. How familiar are you with uh, Sylvester Stallone? Pretty familiar. Do you know Sylvester Stallone personally? Uh, no, I do not. Why not? Uh, I think he's kind of hard to contact. How familiar are you with Jesus Christ? Pretty familiar with Jesus Christ. I've heard of him. You've heard of him, but you don't know him personally? Don't know him personally. Why not? Uh, well, I'm not Christian. You're not a Christian? No, I'm not. you have to be a Christian to know Jesus Christ? Um, well, uh, if you know him, I know him in the sense of I know uh, public figures. Um, but I guess you don't have to be a Christian to know him. I guess you can decide to become a Christian. Is Jesus someone you want to get to know? Um, not particularly. Well, how do you know you've never spent any time with him? Do you know who Barbara Streisand is? Yes. Do you know her personally? No. Well, why not? No, just never met her. Never met her, never spent any time with her? No. no. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Uh, well, I know who he is, yes. Do you know who he is? Do you know him personally? Nope. Why not? Never met him. He's dead. Long dead. His spirit couldn't be alive? Just like anyone else's, I suppose. You never want to get to know him personally? No. I had enough church when I was a kid. Don't need it anymore. Do you feel like you know Jesus personally? No. Why not? Because he's dead. He's dead? Yeah. How do you know he's not alive? Uh, <laughs> the cross, yeah. The cross, yeah, but what about his spirit? Is his spirit alive? Probably. So... If, it, if he could be alive spiritually, then how come you don't want, don't want to get to know him? I didn't say that, though. Oh, okay. So then he could be alive? He could be. I thought you said he was dead. I think he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> okay. He's pretty dead, though. Yeah, so you, you can't get to know him because he's dead, although he could be alive? He could be alive. <laughs> he definitely could be alive. Okay. So why don't you want to try to get to know him? Uh, again, I didn't say that. Oh, never. Would you like to try to get to know him? Sure. Okay. How come you don't? How come I don't get to know him? I don't think I've had an opportunity. I mean, I go to church every Sunday, but uh, I've never really had much of a, a meeting opportunity. Have you ever tried spending personal time with Jesus? Well, again, see, that's sort of hard because he's dead. So 
I don't know. I don't think so, no. As you connect with people in the world, you find that many of them are disillusioned with religion. They have seen the, the faults and failures and the flaws of ceremonies and rites uh, and, and churches, the lady indicated there. And I've heard this before. While I had enough church when I was a kid, I went to church when I was a kid. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. See, because we presented religion to people instead of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that in 2007 and even beyond, Life Church, we've got to reach our community. We've got to reach hundreds and even thousands of people that live in our area that are sick and tired of religion. They don't go to church. Why don't they go to church? Because they don't like church. Why are they not religious people? Because they don't like religion. But have they ever tried having a relationship with Jesus Christ? And in 2007, in your life, and then as we present the Lord Jesus Christ to our community, we want to replace religion. See, because religion can be compartmentalized, a relationship can't. A relationship affects every area of your life. Religion can take care of the outside, but it can't take care of the inside of a person. It takes a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to, to really transform somebody. Matthew 23 and 25, I want you to notice the words of the kind, gentle, loving Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, how terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup, and then the outside will become clean too. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. You try to look like upright people outwardly, but inside your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. And a few verses later, he calls them snakes and sons of vipers. Can everybody agree today that Jesus was upset with these teachers of religious law? Jesus, whenever you see him, he is loving to sinners and upset with religious establishment because he knew that religion was becoming a cheap substitute for a relationship with God. And people felt justified because they were connected to some religion or they had their idea or their concept of what religion was and it was becoming a barrier or a hindrance for them becoming having a relationship with the Lord. I want you to notice in the Scripture that Jesus called them hypocrites. He said, you clean the outside, but the inside is filthy. Your religion is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. I looked up the word hypocrite. The word hypocrite means an actor under an assumed character. Somebody who is playing a part for people to see, but they're not really that person that they're presenting. It's fake. It's not real. And that was the shame of hypocrisy. And that's the shame of Phariseeism. And that's the shame of most religion today, is that it's a presentation of something that's not really there. And People are proud and call themselves pridefully. Well, I'm a Methodist, or I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Presbyterian, or I'm a Catholic, or I'm a Pentecostal. Why? Because your parents were? Why? Because you go once a year? You're just trying to present something, and there's nothing there on the inside, and it's certainly nothing to be proud of. 
That'd be like Michael Jackson being proud of his cute face, even though everybody knows it's fake. It's like actresses from Hollywood being proud of their cute figure, and everybody knows it's fake. It's false. It's fake, and it's nothing to be proud of. Religion needs to be replaced in my life and in your life. We can't just say we're Pentecostal and say that takes care of it, or I attend church and that takes care of it, or I believe this or I believe that, and this is in my belief system and that takes care of it. You know what? It's a fault. It's a fault with religion. That's why you need to replace religion in your life and say, I'm not going to fall back on the fact that I know this much about the Bible, or I've studied this much, or I go to this church, or I call myself this or that, and then oh, the whole time I look one way or I present one thing, but on the inside there's sin in my life. On the inside I've not been affected by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm going to make it plain today. I don't care how you look or what people think about you or how you present yourself. It's have you got Jesus on the inside working on the outside? Do you have a relationship with the Lord that's making a transformation in your life? In 2007, it's time to replace religion with a relationship with Jesus Christ. People say they practice religion. They go to mass. They go to church services. They serve in choirs. They go through catechism. They uh, have liturgies and hymns that are sung over and over and over again. And rub crucifixes and counting beads and chanting and routine. It becomes mindless. It becomes heartless. That's why there's people sitting on church pews today sound asleep. That's why people go and fulfill their obligation to their church or their religious observance or duty. And they haven't prayed and they have no relationship with the Lord. And the Lord's upset with the idea that religion becomes a cheap substitute for the real thing, which is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's time to replace religion in our life with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you something right now. We're not immune in Pentecostal churches to mindless, heartless practices. I've sat in church services before, Pentecostal church services, and looked around, and I got a little problem. Uh, part of my nature. It's a tendency that I have. Uh, on the one hand, I'm very observant. And uh, that can become a problem when I'm with this other part of my character is that I have a sarcastic streak. When you're observant and sarcastic, it can create problems. But sometimes I've sat in church services before and I looked around at people practicing the Pentecostal way of rites and and observances, and I watch people going through even our more expressive and physical and uh, quote-unquote emotional worship service, and I, I notice it's so apparent to me and probably to anybody else that came in that, you know what, these people are not here. They're somewhere else, and they're just kind of going through the motions of, of this religious experience. And somewhere there's not a connection being made with heaven. Somewhere there's not a reverence really being given to God. It's just like coming and fulfilling your obligation. It's like crossing yourself or going to Mass and sitting there and sleeping through it or, or going through just to fulfill your obligation. doesn't matter how you feel. doesn't matter what happens doesn't matter if there's any transformation because I'm being religious I'm fulfilling religious obligations and I want to tell you today that Jesus is not pleased when we replace a relationship with him with religion in our life and this year I'm going to push it we're going to push it together that we develop a relationship a daily walk with God where we pray and we connect with the Lord Jesus Christ so that we don't have to come to church every week every week I see some 
some of you drag yourself in here all beat up and discouraged and about half backslid, and we have to pump you up all over again every week, knowing that by Wednesday or Thursday, you're going to be dragging your chin on the ground again. You've got a problem, and your problem is religion. You're letting religion take care of the fact that you have no relationship with God. And you come in and you feed off of the excitement and other people's prayers. It's time for you to develop a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself. See, if we're going to reach this city, we're not going to reach this city with religion. And we may have good church services, but that's not going to reach the city. What's going to reach the city is people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. People who have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is what will transform our city. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care what you call yourself. Do you have a friendship, a communion, a relationship, a meaningful connection with Jesus Christ? Pharisees came to Jesus. They had heard that he had silenced the Sadducees by his wise replies. They thought up a fresh question of their own to ask him. One of them, which was an expert in religious law, tried to trap Jesus with this question. Verse 36 of Matthew 22. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. It's real simple. It doesn't take a Bible scholar. You don't have to have more degrees than a thermometer to be able to figure out what Jesus wants from his people. Amen. He wants you to love him with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your strength. If you love God and then do the second, which is love your neighbor as yourself. If you learn how to love people too, learn how to love God and learn how to love people. See, there's something that's better than religion, and that is relationship. If you learn that I'm not put here to be religious, but I'm put here to have a relationship with God and a relationship with people, with brothers and sisters in Christ, and with people who have not yet been reconciled to Jesus Christ. I've been put here to make a difference in this world, not by being religious, but by focusing on these important relationships. I've got to get my relationship with Jesus Christ where it ought to be, and I've got to focus on my relationship with my brother and sisters because I need them in order to survive and I got to focus on my relationship with lost people as well and a little bit later Jesus you know Jesus didn't talk a lot about the commandments but in John chapter 13 verse 34 he said so now I'm giving you a new commandment disciples love each other just as I have loved you you should love each other I want you to say those three words love each other other. Say it again. Love each other. So it's real simple. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor, the outsider, and love each other. Can we go through that again? We're going to replace religion and we're going to replace it with relationships. We're going to love God with all of our heart. We're going to love our neighbor, those on the outside, and we're going to love each other. 
Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Amen. Not the religious tag you carry, not what you practice or observe, but the fact that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ is going to be a testimony to the world that you are my disciples. It's real simple. It's real simple. Throw away the tags, throw away all of that garbage, and understand that if I will focus on loving the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and obeying and submitting to Him and finding out what pleases Him, getting into His Word and learning Him as much as I can. I'm not going to depend on my pastor's understanding of Jesus. I'm not going to depend on my mom and dad's understanding of Jesus. You're old enough now to get a relationship with Jesus Christ. I haven't come to introduce you to Life Church. I haven't come to introduce you to a religion or a denomination, but I'm here today to introduce this world to Jesus Christ. Because if I can get them to fall in love with Jesus, if I can get you guys to fall in love with Jesus, if I can get you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, everything else will take care of itself. Do you love Him? Why don't you lift up your hands and love Him right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, you weren't created for religion. When God saw you before you were formed in your mother's womb, He saw you before you came out, began to cry and scream, were held in the loving arms of a mother. Jesus saw you. The Lord saw you, and He had a purpose for your life. He created you with meaning. The purpose He created you for was not for religion, but the Lord created you so that He could have a connection with you, so that He could develop a relationship with you. That's what you were created for. That's what you're here on this planet for, is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the most awesome thing in the world is that you can have a relationship with the Lord. You can. Amen. You may not be able to get in and talk to uh, the Prince of Wales. And you may not be able to talk to the Queen of England. You may not be able to get to visit with Vice President Cheney. You may not be able to visit uh, uh, with uh, George W. Bush. Uh, but there is a king. There is a potentate. There is a powerful figure on the world stage uh, at which every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that you can have a relationship with. Yeah, you. I'm talking about you. Well, my job's not that important. I don't have very many degrees. Uh, I'm not very significant person. You know what? You are significant because Jesus loves you and you're here today because he bought you with a price. He shed his blood so that you could be a part of his family so that he could have a relationship with you. Amen. You weren't created for relation for, for religion. You were created for relationship. Religion. Religion leaves you empty. Religion take care of the out, takes care of the outside but can't do anything about the inside. Religion sometimes causes wars and problems, but relationship with the Lord doesn't have those weaknesses. So it's time to pull off your religious mask. Now it's time to forget about being somebody that you're really not. And it's time to let your relationship with Jesus Christ become the primary focus of your life. To fall in love with Jesus. To fall in love with prayer. To develop a desire to please Him. And to have a relationship with Him. Practices, routines, 
courses, songs, everything that we do out of obligation are a cheap substitute for the real purpose for your existence. And that is that you might have a relationship. Jesus didn't die so you could call yourself a Baptist. He didn't die so you could call yourself a Methodist or a Pentecostal. He didn't die so you could practice religion. But Jesus died so you could have a relationship with Him. And I'm talking about transforming this church. I'm talking about preaching in this church. And when I preach in this church, only about 40 or 50 percent of the people in the church are those that are already members. But there's people coming in because those that have a relationship with Jesus, like I'm talking about, want to tell somebody else about it and want to bring somebody else into the house of the Lord. Yeah, people are sick of religion, but they want something real. And we got it. Jesus didn't die so you could practice religion. He died so you could have a relationship with Him. And He could have a relationship with you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 18 says, All this newness of life is from God, who brought us back to Himself through what Jesus did. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him reconciling people see they're separated from the lord jesus christ and what jesus did on the cross was about reconciling us back to god so we could have a relationship with him again see all this preaching is in vain if it weren't for the cross because the cross of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb is what made possible reconciliation of me to the Lord Jesus Christ for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them this is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others we are Christ's ambassadors and God is using us to speak to you we urge you as though Christ himself were here pleading with you be reconciled to God what does that mean reestablish a relationship with Jesus Christ don't be reconnected to religion but be reconciled to God be reconciled to the Lord for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ, restoring relationships. That's why Jesus came. We can cut right to the chase. Jesus came to restore a broken relationship. My relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, because the Bible makes it real plain that all of us have messed up. Nobody's perfect. Nobody can measure up to God's expectations. So the Bible says it this way, all have sinned, everybody, and come short of God's glorious ideal. The Bible goes on to say, and you know this, that the wages of sin, death. Any time that I disobeyed God, rejected His Word, decided to do it my own way, or even in ignorance, not even knowing, I was breaking God's law, and God was angry with my sin. God's angry with the sinner. God's angry at sin. But Jesus, which was God manifest in the flesh, came to earth to make up the gap 
God's anger with our sin and judgment that had to be poured out upon us was waiting to be levied upon humanity. See, anytime you told a lie, you deserve God's judgment. Anytime you've done anything wrong, any sin, any uh, breaking of God's law, and all of us are guilty, so don't feel bad. But feel bad because God was angry with your sin. But Jesus came and His purpose on the earth was to reconcile you to God. He didn't come so you could be a religious, pious, nose in the air, so many degrees and smart and knowing more than the other person, feeling better than that. See, what religion does is allow you to compare yourselves amongst yourselves. Well, I'm a Methodist and they're a Baptist and they're a Presbyterian. Oh, yeah, yeah. But a relationship with God, you don't compare yourself with other people. You compare yourself with God and say, oh, my Lord, i got a long ways to go to be like Him. Amen. And so Jesus came to reconcile us to God so that our relationship with God could be reestablished. Wouldn't it be ashamed if he took that beating on his back and took the nails in his hands and took the asphyxiation on the cross so that he could have a relationship with us and we replace it with a plastic trinket called religion. That's a false substitute for a relationship with God. And I've come to tell you today, I've come to preach you under conviction and myself as well. We need to throw away all of our pretense that we think we're so great because we belong to a church and call ourselves this or call ourselves that and don't have a relationship with God. It's time to put Him back on the throne. It's time to put Him back to first place in our life. It's time to wake up in the morning and say, I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. I'm so glad I have a great wife. I'm glad I have great kids and I love my relationship with my parents. But there's no relationship in my life that's any more important than my relationship with God. So see, I can't just say I'm Pentecostal. That's okay. I'm apostolic. I'm a believer. No, no, no. It's my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he said, you know what you need to do? You need to take that reconciliation that I've done for you, and you need to become ambassadors of reconciliation. No, no. You you don't stuff religion down people's throat. You get them reconnected to me and let me take care of it. You, You tell them how to take care of the sin problem. You tell them about the blood of Jesus about baptism in His name, about repentance. You get them reconciled. You get them right with me. Amen. You bring them in here and let me touch them. Let, me, let, let, let them experience my presence. Tell them that God doesn't hate them. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them that there is mercy available for them. And Jesus wants to have a real, vivid, living, personal relationship with them. I wonder, how long has it been since you heard God speak to you? How long has it been, has it been since you know that God is pleased with your life and you could feel His anointing flowing through you. It's not about your religion or your church membership. It's about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage us. I want us to go into this new year the right way, focused on our relationship. See, I'm I'm tired of spinning my wheels. I'm tired of wondering why I can't get anywhere. No matter how religious I am, I can't get there. I've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And my connection with the Master will make all the difference. My connection with my Savior will make all the difference. Hallelujah. Let's stand together right now. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift up our hands all across this place? The sign of surrender to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Restoring relationships is why Jesus came. That's why we've got to replace religion with relationship in 07. 
Relationship is the main thing. My relationship to God through prayer and through His Word. That's the vertical connection. I get connected to Him through His Word and through prayer. I don't get connected to Him through liturgy. I don't get connected to Him by saying, come and dine six times. I don't get connected to Him by clapping my hands at the right time and shouting hallelujah when everybody else gets loud. But I get connected to Him through this vertical connection of prayer and the Word of God. The Word of God and prayer is how I get a relationship. See, He wants to spend time with you. He wants to visit with you. He wants to be intimate and close and loving with you. Jesus came so that He could have a very real relationship. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you can remember a time when you've had a prayer meeting and you got up and you could feel the palpable presence of the Lord. You could feel Him lingering and touching you and you knew that He was there and you knew that He was real and you knew that He loved you and you knew that He was so pleased with you and you knew that He was going to use you in a mighty way. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about relationships. And in 2007, we gotta, we got to, all of us, be willing to say, I'm not going to be just comfortable and relaxed because of my religious affiliation. And I'm not going to just be in a comfortable position in a, in a rut or a routine just because of the religion that I have in my life or the practices that I practice in my life. I'm going to focus on my relationship. See, he's not dead. He rose three days after they killed him. He rose from the grave. And, and I looked at the Bible. I looked again, looked real close. I don't see where he died again after that. In fact, the Bible says that he is alive forevermore. And even though you can't see him here today, he's real. Not only is he real, but he's alive. Not only is he alive, but he's looking at you right now with interest. He loves you. He wants to empower you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to use you. He wants to bless your life and he knows, amen, God knows that what I'm preaching to you today is so very important through the lesson and the teaching of reading the Bible and connecting through prayer to the Lord, getting connected to Jesus Christ through prayer, that vertical, vertical connection. I, I hope you notice that in our worship services, the songs that we sing aren't about our problems and our difficulties and how good we are and all the things we've done, but we're, we're focused on connecting with Jesus Christ exalting the name of the Lord because, see, that's what it's about. In 2007, our church, see, I'm sick and tired of preaching to the choir. I want to preach the message of reconciliation to our community, to people who have given up on religion, to people who have given up on their denomination, to the literally thousands of people that were raised Catholic and call themselves Catholic but have no connection most of them with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to preach them the reconciling message of Jesus Christ. How does that happen? i got to start. You as the church, we got to start replacing religion in our life with a relationship with God. And understanding there's nothing more important. Young men, if you want to be something for God, you can't be something for God just because you got all the moves and you look right and you, and you know exactly what to say at the right time. you got to be connected to your power source through a relationship with God, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And right now, we got this is a different service today. We've got uh, the Lord's Supper to observe in just a moment. But, but I, I want us to move from where we are just for the sake of getting out of the rut. Maybe you can move across the aisle. Maybe you can move to another seat to pray with somebody. We're going to pray with one another because this is a day of commitment. 
This is a day of renewed consecration. We're going to have a great time tomorrow. I hope you have a lot of fun. But the thing that I want to emphasize that will change your life is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want you to step out of where you're at right now. Go find somebody you're going to connect with in prayer as appropriate. Amen. Preferably no more than four if possible because we're going to do a little round robin here and we're going to pray for one another. Amen. These large groups, if you can kind of cell, uh, do a little cell division there like a mitochondria and get into smaller groups of three or four. So we're going to go around the group. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for one another. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord, because Jesus loves us so much. He loved enough that you enough to die for you. But the purpose for his death was not just to redeem you from the enemy. That's certainly part of it. Not just so you could go to heaven, but he wants to have a meaningful relationship, a living relationship with you. And now what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for everybody in the group, first of all, to pray for one person. And then I want you to go pray for the next person. And our prayer is very specific. And that is in the year of 2007, that God would empower that person and that they would make decisions and establish disciplines in their life so that they could begin to develop a friendship and a relationship with Jesus Christ. So whoever it is first that you as a group, come on, guys, I want somebody just kind of take the lead and say, we're going to pray for this one first and then just go around the circle. And... Uh, I want everybody to focus their prayers on that one person. And when they get to you, I want you just to lift up your hands and let the Spirit of the Lord minister to you. Come on, let's pray right now. Let's let the Holy Ghost move. In the name of Jesus Christ. Any barrier. Come on, I want you to pray for any barrier to that relationship with God to be knocked out of the way. I want you to ask God to give them the courage and the discipline. Because this is so very important. Because this is what Jesus died for. To have a meaningful relationship with the Lord. Jesus, I pray for her. I pray for him, Lord God. That you would help them grow. Let them fall in love with you, Jesus. Lord, it's not about a list of do's and don'ts and obligations. But Lord, let us fall in love with you. Jesus, let us, hallelujah, come to a knowledge of how precious and special our relationship with you is, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray with faith. Pray with fervency right now. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. In the name of the Lord. Come on, let your faith build up. Let your resolve build up. Let your confidence in the Lord build up. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, switch to somebody else and pray for that next person now. Hallelujah. Oh, God, let them grow in their relationship with you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Don't be ashamed. 
Don't be afraid just to let the Spirit of the Lord touch you right now. That person that's getting prayed for right now, you just worry about connecting with Jesus. Just love Him until you feel His presence. You feel His anointing on you. Oh God, I love you, Jesus. I love your Word. I love your presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're real, Jesus. Come on, that's it. I want to have a relationship with you, Jesus. Lord, let her grow spiritually, Jesus. Let her make the habits a part of her life. Establish the disciplines, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Sweet and intimate and close relationship with you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. You're so precious to me, God. Hallelujah. I want you to be with me when I lay in my bed at night to go to sleep. I want you to be with me, Jesus, when I wake up in the morning. I want you to be close to me while I'm at work, Lord, because I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If you have more people, pray for the next person now. Hallelujah. Oh, my house shall be called a house of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Hallelujah. 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 Pata Sondro Karavabosa.
Hallelujah. Amen. I, I feel led to do something right now. This was something that happened just a moment ago. And we're not going to uh, practice as a church uh, foot washing today. But I wonder if, uh, gentlemen, if you could go find some another man to pray with. And ladies, go find one person to pray with. And I want you to humble yourself before that person, that brother or that sister. And I want you to get down. I want you to pray for their feet. And I want that person then to turn around and pray for your feet. We're not going to wash feet, but I want you just to lay hands. I know it's a little awkward, a little strange right now. But I feel led in the Holy Ghost right now. But there's something sweet going on in here. And God wants to humble us. God wants to bring us down to where He can use us. So right now I want you to find somebody, brethren, find a man right now. Hallelujah. I want you to just begin to pray for that person. Hallelujah. Say, why their feet? What does the feet mean? Well, the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. But it's more about humbling ourselves. About saying, I want to serve you, my brother. I want to serve you, my sister. I don't want to lord over you. I don't want to feel like I'm better than anybody or compare myself with you. But I want to serve you. I want to love you. I want you to be saved. I want you to go to heaven. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let the love of Jesus flow through you as this happens. Hallelujah. Let the love and compassion of Jesus flow through you as we practice this. Hallelujah. I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. Jesus, I pray that you would touch them.
I pray for you and you pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I pray for you and you pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I'll pray for you and you pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I'll pray for you and you pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I'll pray for you and you pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I need you. You need me. We are a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We are a part of God's body. It is His will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. I love you and I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I pray for you and you pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. It is His will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I need you. You need me. We are a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. I love you. I need you to survive. It is His will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. It is His will that every need 
sweet presence of the Lord here. And uh, as we said earlier in the service, the final thing that we're going to do is uh, commemorate the Lord's Supper, communion. 
just prior to that, I also want to do something that I promised that I would do, and that is to give you an opportunity to make a, a, a public uh, a public promise or confirmation that in, in the year 2007, starting tomorrow, you want to make a promise to the Lord that you're going to you're going to read the Bible through in 2007. Not just for accomplishment's sake, but because this is a, a good way to get a discipline of reading and studying the Word of God. And also, that you want to uh, learn to pray every day and w- with the knowledge that there are going to be days that you will miss. There may be days that... that uh, and then maybe not. Maybe you could add a thousand, but the thing we're doing is we're making an effort. And uh, before we take communion right now, I want... There's anybody, and, and I'm going to be the first one, uh, you know, to to admit that I, my uh, personal level of devotion, needs to reach the level uh, that God can use me at a maximum way, and so I want to make that commitment to you as a church to read uh, the Bible through, and and also uh, to put forth great effort to establish and make a promise to establish. A daily walk with God in prayer. And um, as she sings this song through one more time, I want to give anybody that wants to make that public declaration, you don't have to say anything, but by stepping up here to the front, you're saying I'm making that commitment this year. I want you to come forward and then we're, we're going to say one word of prayer for this area of commitment because this area of commitment is what is going to enable you to have that relationship with Jesus that we talked about. Don't just come up because everyone else is, but come up if you are. You've bought the Bible or you're going to get a Bible. Maybe you have a one-year Bible. You're going to, the best way would be to stay with us as a church as we go through. So getting one of the one-year Bibles would be the best way. And uh, you may not know what to say when you start praying. It may be a little bit of a challenge, but this is, this is really awesome. This is really great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First of all, I want us to talk to the Lord Jesus and just tell Him what we've come up here to promise Him today. And there's something powerful in a commitment and a vow to the Lord. And we're going to also ask Him to help us and give us the strength as we develop this relationship with Him. It's very meaningful and a growing relationship. So I want you to pray right now with me as I say this prayer to the Lord. Use your own words. Say it in your own way, but you know the context will be the same. Lord Jesus, I'm making a promise to you today, Lord, in front of all of these people. Jesus, I want to make this commitment to you, Lord, because I understand how very important it is for me to have this relationship with you that's growing, that helps me mature, become everything that I can be for you. Lord, as a first step today, I make this promise to you, Lord, that I'm going to get into your word. Every day, every day, Lord, I'm going to get into Your Word. And if I miss a day, I'm not going to quit. But I'm going to the next day get right back into Your Word. I'm making that promise to You right now, Lord Jesus, that I'm going to get connected to You through Your Word. And Lord, I want to make this promise to You as well, Lord. I'm not going to be guilty of being a spiritual junkie that shows up once a week to get pumped back up. But God, I want to develop a daily relationship with you. And I make this promise to you, Lord God. 
I want to meet with you every morning. I want you to meet with me. Lord God, as I start my day out, Lord, I want to spend time in your presence, oh God, and let my relationship with you grow, develop, become everything that it should be. God, I pray that you would help me, Lord. I know that Satan will attack this effort. I know that my flesh will make up excuses. I know there will be a lot of pressure put on me by the outside to let go of this commitment. But in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help me strengthen my resolve. Let me be a disciplined person, especially in this area of my life. I know this is very important. I know this will make a difference in my destiny. And I make that commitment to you. I make that commitment to you right now, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now some of you have already done it. Just reach over and touch one person. Hallelujah. And speak a word of faith, of encouragement to that person. We're going to help each other as a church body. We're going to grow spiritually. We're going to become spiritually mature. We're going to reach our world. Hallelujah. As we fall in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. That's, this is what... Once we get a relationship with the Lord, you can't keep sinning. You understand it's a hindrance to your relationship. God will change your life and transform you. Bless my brothers and sisters, Lord God. Give them strength, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. How wonderful. How marvelous. How wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. If you could just kind of move back to your seats. I know we've been moving around a lot, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. We'd like for the trustees of the church, Brother Donnie Sanchez, Brother Chris Lede, Brother Nathaniel Steele, Brother Chet King, I want you, brethren, to come forward and help us as we serve the body of Christ. Hallelujah. As I previously mentioned, Jesus came to reconcile us and the world back to the Lord. And that reconciliation did not come cheaply. Because in order for you to have a relationship with the Lord, there was a man named Jesus that had to be led carrying a cross with a broken and bloody body up to a hill called place of the skull, Golgotha. And it was there that Jesus put in the hardest day work that any man would ever have to put in. Because he was purchasing something with his blood that day. You were separated from God. You were. You were separated from God. You had no hope. I didn't have any hope. I couldn't do enough good works. I couldn't be nice enough. There's no way. Because sin created an impossible gulf. But see, Jesus knew that His purpose was to die so that His blood could cover the sin so we could be reconciled back to the Lord so that we could have this relationship with God. 
periodically as a church, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We don't do it every week. 